This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Good afternoon. Welcome to episode 27 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. My name is Mike Sedita, and I'm lucky to be joined here today by Ray Brun, who is a mortgage loan originator with Family Footprints Mortgage Group. Ray, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, Mike. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Where are you physically located as we speak? I am here in the living room of my house in Wesley Chapel, Florida. Wesley Chapel, Florida. I am also working out of a studio in my home in Wesley Chapel, Florida. So the Good Neighbor podcast is apropos for what we're going to get into here today. Let me tell you a little bit about the Good Neighbor podcast and basically how we got started and, and why we do what we do in the community. So Back in 2020, when we were in the heat of COVID, uh, we all had to social distance. A guy by the name of Charlie McDermott down in Southwest Florida started the Good Neighbor podcast as a way for businesses to get their message in front of local residents, as a way for philanthropic groups to tell their story. And essentially, it was just a way to keep that social distancing and help businesses and organizations get into the community uh, how we do it is, you know, just like this. You and I are two business owners sitting in our studios here in our homes in Wesley Chapel, talking about what we do and, and bringing some awareness to the community. It's not a, uh, I'm not going to try to stump you with questions about the Fed and, and prime mortgage <laughs> rates and things like that. That's not the goal. The goal is just to bring some attention to what you do and let people know you're in the community. So, with that in mind, just tell us a little bit about about your business. How are things going? Sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, things are going well. So, you know, just a little bit about me and, you know, Family Footprints Mortgage Group. My wife, Emily, and I, we we are Family Footprints Mortgage Group. Uh, she runs all of my social media, all of my marketing. I'm the one who does the numbers. Um, I am a retired police officer, uh, spent a number of years in uh, Louisville and Lexington, Kentucky. And then in 2020, just before COVID hit, uh, moved down here to Florida, uh, did a couple other things in the meantime. And then around the beginning of this year, we uh, we got into the mortgage business. So let me ask you a quick question about your background. You never stumbled into like um, uh, Rick Pitino in a women's bathroom anywhere in Louisville. Like you didn't have any interactions like that. Maybe Lamar Jackson getting into trouble. None of that stuff. In Listen, the streets of Louisville. Lamar never got in trouble. Lamar is one of the most stand up guys I've ever met. Um, he, uh, he, he's a class act. He love watching him succeed in Baltimore right now. He definitely seems like a class act. He seems like he, um, he just seems like he's, he's got it together. I'm, I, a guy like him. I'm, it's nice to see him succeed, especially since, you know, coming into the league, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't expected to be a quarterback, let alone an MVP quarterback. And he That's just right. seems like a, a good guy. Hopefully he stays healthy this year. Um, and hopefully they don't play my giants and we're, and we'll be all good with, with, uh, them. Listen, I'm from, I'm from Boston originally, and the Patriots had a chance to draft him. And, and a lot of teams man, I was so mad when we did it. I thought he had fallen and we were going to get him, and I it was going to be the best night of my life, but it sure wasn't. All right, so we'll clear the air. Then you're a Patriots fan. I'm a Giants fan. That's There's right. no hard feelings. This is a business podcast. That's we right. Can touch on a little bit of the 18-1 <laughs> season if you want, but we don't have to go there, and we don't have to discuss that. Tell tell our listeners. Okay, so you're from Boston. You were you were a law enforcement in Kentucky. Tell us a little bit more about your journey. I mean, how do you 
it was it just time to retire in law enforcement and needed a you know the next act in your life or was there something that drew you to the mortgage business yeah i mean that's really what it was you know i i didn't own my first home until i was in my mid 30s uh, my wife it was the same case with her uh, you know living you know off of a government paycheck um, and then our son is an active duty in the us army uh, he's an active duty infantryman so we see a lot of folks who have those dreams of home ownership and there are barriers out there or, or there are perceived barriers at least. So for Emily and I, it's been an opportunity for us to, to break down those barriers and to show folks that home ownership is attainable. Yeah, so you kind of lead me into my next question. I mean, the, the market, the the mortgage market is always evolving. It's always changing, right? From minute to minute, I kind of made a joke about the Fed. I mean, we don't raise interest. We raise interest rates for 12 straight periods and everybody's freaking out. And then we don't raise interest rates. And like it is a constant fluid motion between the real estate market, home inventory, interest rates, all that stuff. Give us like a misconception. What are some of the things people think? Like, do you need to have 30% down? Do you, you need to have PMI? Like some of those things that you can kind of debunk here. Yeah, it's so it's it's really interesting you would ask me that. I, I'm active on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. I, I do videos for my, my company twice a week. And today's very topic was about that down payment. You know, lots of folks out there still think that 20% down is the only way you can buy a home. And that's not the case at all. If if you're a veteran um, or, or active duty, you can get 0% down through a VA loan. Uh, USDA, there's still a lot of parts of Pasco County, since we're both here in Wesley Chapel, that qualify for USDA properties. And again, USDA is a 0% down loan. So you could no money for a down payment. FHA is little as 3.5%. And there's even some conventional programs out there now. Uh, being a broker, gives me some access to some extra, you know, companies and semester programs out there. You can get conventional for as little as 3% down. And there's always down payment assistance programs out there as well. So that, that I guess is kind of my next question. You bring up, you know, VA and FHA and some of these other acronyms of loan types. Is it much more difficult qualifying? Like, you know, my, my understanding, again, I don't know that much about it, but it was always more difficult to qualify an FHA loan because FHA wants you to, you know, they'll give you a zero down or half point down or, you know, a percentage point down, but it's a much more stringent qualifying to find the home that fits that FHA mortgage. Is that still the case or is that not, you know, is that something people can kind of get around? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's crazily more, um, stringent. Of course, there are some home appraisals and some home inspections that are involved. Mm -hmm. uh, so FHA homes do have to meet certain safety standards, but I think anybody would want their home to be safe, you know? So the FHA might have a little, you know, maybe a little fine point somewhere where they're like, no, this has to be changed. And you're like, well, it's the size of my banisters. But at the end of the day, no, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's any more stringent at all. And I would think, you know, in that period of time in the real estate market here in Tampa back in, I guess, around 2021-ish, yeah. when homes were going on the market and they were just going for $20,000, $50,000 over asking price. And FHA loans probably weren't as um, frequent because people were paying cash a lot of the time and sellers had all the leverage. So they could say, look, if you got an FHA loan, 
hey, look, I got 17 people with a conventional. So I'm assuming you're seeing more of those recently than you had in, in you know, that window? Yeah, no? I, I would say that there, there has been a shift. Um, you know, of course, there are loan caps for FHA. So that's another thing to keep in mind is that right now it's 472000 as a loan amount. So when houses were going for 50, 75, 100,000 over asking price, it, yeah, it, it wouldn't fit. Right. Um, but people were willing to do that because interest rates were two and a half or three percent. So, you know, you, you, they tried to balance that back and forth of, you know, do I want to overpay for my house? Well, I've got a good rate, so it might be worth it. I got another one for you. So, you know, in this particular market, I, I, you know, with what I do in the communities in Wesley Chapel and Odessa and New Tampa and some of my neighborhoods that I'm in frequently, um, one of the things I run into are these folks who refied back when the rate was 2.75 or 3. And they're saying, you know, hey, look, I could get all this money for my house right now. Um, but, you know, wherever I go, I'm going to eat up all my equity to buy into this new place. And then my my payment is still going to be higher because I'm paying three times the interest rate, you know, roughly I'm ballparking, you know, if, if, if I was paying three and I'm now at six or seven, or I was paying 2.75 at six or seven, um, mm-hmm. are there ways around that? Like, are there, are there programs out there where people can somehow shift some of that money into something new or, I mean, is there any way to get around that? I mean, it's hard. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. It's hard right now with the rates. And there's a lot of folks who don't are doing exactly what you're doing. They're like, you know, I want to upgrade my house, but do I want to lose the rate I have? So there's a, you know, there's a couple of ways to look at it is, you know, one, you can take advantage of the equity you have because the home prices in this area, as you know, have just have exploded. It's, it's crazy. Just even when people were overpaying for houses back in 20 and 2021, just how much, home equity has gone up. So there maybe now is a good time to look at an investment property instead or a second home, you know, use that, do a home equity line of credit, you know, and use that money from your current house to go buy that beach house or that condo or something that we've looked at. And then as rates kind of balance back out, then maybe you look at, you know, selling your primary home and getting something else. Uh, But I know that, a lot of folks are struggling with where the rates are right now, but a lot of that struggle is because of what happened in 2021. You know, two and a half, three percent has never been the norm in, in the United no, States. No, it's far the anomaly. I mean, it, it, six and right. seven percent was more the norm for the longest Correct. time. Correct. So we're kind of we're kind of back there now. We're, we're back at that what was normal for a long time. I mean, my, you know, my parents are in their 60s now. Their first mortgage was at 17 <laughs> percent, you know, so late so, 70s, early 80s, uh, right. mid 80s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, they bought a hundred thousand dollar house, but they paid 18 percent. So their mortgage payment was probably about as much as ours is right now. You, you know, so you, you just kind of have to balance all of that in that the home prices went up when the rates dropped down. Right. So if the rates drop then are the home prices going to, you know, bottom back out. So if you've got the equity right now, take advantage of it. You know, that's, that's kind of one of the conversations I had with a real estate agent recently was saying like, look, you know, we have a whole generation of buyers who have never seen a rate like this. They don't, they haven't seen anything above four or 5% in 
you know, decade, you know, a decade or so. So, um, you know, even like going back to, you know, the housing crisis in 08, you know, that now that seems so, it, for some of us who are a little older, it seems like that was real recent, but you're talking that's 13, 14 years ago that that right. housing bubble crashed. So, you know, um, people haven't seen rates like this. So, you know, hey, look, get the house that you want now. And when the rates come back down, you do a, you know, you do a refi or whatever you can do too. So you just, if it's where you want to be, you know, it's never, it's, it's not such a bad time, even though the rates are higher, the rates aren't going to always stay that way. The home values aren't going to always stay that way. So it's kind of balancing it out. Right. Um, and, and, and this is one of the corniest lines I've heard, but it, it kind of fits. You, you date the rate, but you marry the house. No, that's, I mean, that's a, you know, a pretty accurate analogy. I mean, listen, the house is where you're going to be. The rate, you could always move around as things change. So absolutely. Um, and it's a lot, it's a lot easier as much as it could be a pain to do a refi and talk to a guy like you and do the paperwork and the underwriting and all that stuff. It is still less of a headache than packing up all your stuff and moving from one location to another location. I moving is on the bottom of my list of things to do. It is the most unenjoyable thing for me. I'm not sure there's anything worse. I, yeah. I really so don't. speaking of unenjoyable, when you are <laughs> not crunching numbers and Emily is not doing all of your social media, so what do you guys do for fun? Do you have kids? Do you have pets? Do you have uh, toys? Yeah, we got, so we have three kids. Like I said, my oldest, he's 20. He's an uh, infantryman in the U.S. Army, stationed at Fort Campbell right now. And we got two daughters who are 11 and 16. Uh, our oldest daughter was built in a, or not built, was born in a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that's whole different. She's a, teen, she's a yeah. teenager, so yeah, you're saying she was built. We didn't have her, she was built. <laughs> All the trouble that comes with a teenage girl. Listen, she, she's, a, she's the sweetest thing. She's got an old soul. Uh, she, she just got back from Costa Rica, spent a week down there. She's She's a blessing. All, all Doing like kids. summer mission type stuff, uh, you know, school project stuff. Yeah, it was actually it was a, a school trip. Um, awesome. So they they were down there. Um, they were pulling, uh, not pulling, but they were taking uh, harvesting. I guess is the right word. I'm sorry, harvesting their own fruits and vegetables for their meals. Um, so they were learning just you know how to use the land and you know to to use it properly. So, but yeah, you, you know, for us, we we my wife is from Kentucky. I'm from Boston. Um, and then I, I was, well, I went to school in Louisville. Um, okay. and then you, the you went to her and found her. She wasn't on a random trip to Fenway and stumbled into you down the street. No, 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 nothing like that. I will say though, that for our wedding gift, she bought me Yankees Red Sox tickets for the two of us. And we sat three rows behind Pesky's pole. So, um, very nice. She, yeah. Fenway she, is one of my favorite places to <laughs> Even with obstructed views and oh, all yeah. the stuff that goes on, the old Yankee Stadium was fun, but I'm a Yankee hater, as I'm assuming you are too, even though I'm from that area. Um, but Fenway Park's great. I've seen probably a half dozen games from yeah. there. Um, it just has this feel to it, walking through the you know, the the hallways of it. It's, it's, it almost is like a cathedral. I'm assuming Wrigley's that way. I'd like to get there at some point. I felt the same. You know, I've never been able to go to Wrigley, but that's one park that I would still like to visit just yeah. – for that same reason, that yeah. history, the, just the aura, the presence about it. Um, so, but yeah, you know, both of us being from her from the Midwest, me, me from the North, we just, we love the beaches. You know, we just, we got a couple of the, you know, the smaller beaches, Fort DeSoto, right. Indian Rocks. That's where we like to go. We love to go Indian out of kayak. Yeah. yeah. Have yeah. you ever gone up to the springs and stuff? Or are you guys into the kayaking thing? Yes. The- 
Yeah, we, we actually went up, I think it was two years ago, we made it up there and went out and kayaked with the manatees. So that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. The manatees are cool. I, I just, I have this whole thing about sharks in salt water and alligators in fresh water. And everybody says, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a problem. I'm 235 pack. I am, I am a Sunday holiday dinner for an alligator. <laughs> I do not want to mess around and take a chance. So I, um, I'm always apprehensive about doing that. But it looks super cool. I mean, the manatees are phenomenal. They, they really are. I think it's one of Emily's favorite things down here. And we've been able, we've gone to Fort DeSoto, you know, beach a couple of times. And we've had the manatees just come right through the whole crowds and stuff. It's just That's crazy because cool. they just... They don't care. They're like, listen, this is our water. We're big. Just get out of the way. We're going to do our thing. And they're pretty, I mean, they're pretty docile. I mean, oh, they're yeah. just kind of floating around like these chubby. Like I have an English bulldog who's fat and just walks around the house and gets out. Everybody gets out of his way. He's kind of yeah. like a land a land manatee is really basically right. what he is, just furry. Um, yeah. so, so let me ask you, you know, you've had a couple careers here. You've lived a couple lives. In your experience, I'm sure you've run into some hardships and setbacks and things like that. Tell the people who are listening to this, you know, look, here's a hardship that I had. I turned those, you know, lemons into lemonade. And this is how I came out of it, galvanized on the other side. What's an experience like that that you've come into? Yeah, you know, it's given the career I came out of, you know, I have a lot of you know, stories kind of like that. And some of them, you know, I think are almost too personal to share. It's PTSD um, to some yeah. degree. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there is, but um, for me, it was, I won't get into all the details cause I still get emotional. Um, but right out of the Academy had an experience where I was directly involved in um, an infant who uh, unfortunately didn't make it. Those are tough. Um, and that it was really my, my kids were the same age at, the, yeah. at that time, you know, so it, it was really hard. And through that, um, the mom actually ended up being our older do- oldest daughter's second grade teacher. Um, and then I connected with the husband, you know, just over time and, and through that experience. Uh, and it really guided my law enforcement career. I spent a lot of time working on officer mental health. Um, put together statewide conferences to, to help officers deal with PTSD issues yeah. um, involved in some other things, you know, some other conferences and some other organizations. Um, and it's why now we're Emily and I are involved with the PTSD foundation of America, uh, which gears itself mostly towards uh, the military, but there's still a first responder right. segment of that as well. Uh, and every you know, every opportunity Emily and I have to to give back and to help first responders in the military, it's it's a it's a passion of ours. So that one situation has you know guided our entire lives and you know why we do what we do. And you know we we don't do it for ourselves; we do it to to give back to those who have given so much to our communities. You know, first and foremost, thank you to your son for his service. We, you know, we are huge supporters of the military. I can tell you, um, you know, I'm a member of the Wesley Chapel Rotary. We do some philanthropic things for, you know, victims of human trafficking and things like mm-hmm. that. But one of our big, one of our big um, efforts that we put in is we are very involved with the Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Yes. And um, 
you know, they have a whole, you know, they've spoken to our Rotary group on multiple occasions. They have such a robust and constantly building um, programs for, for officers with PTSD or see some of that trauma, because exactly like you said, I mean, you run into this instance early on and it hits you. And even though maybe at the time it's just a trauma and you kind of compartmentalize it to do right. some other stuff to, to do your job, right. To function, but the impact of it that it has on you and, and these guys are here to protect. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, but you know, the crux of it is to serve and protect. Right. And um, if you're mentally not in that right frame of mind to do that, it, it it, it's almost impossible to do your job on a daily basis. So the fact that you're involved in some of that and that, you know, it, it, it goes in line with some of the things that we believe in here with the podcast and what we do in the community with our philanthropic efforts through the Rotary Club of Wesley Chapel. Um, yeah, that that's hugely important. That's great. Thank you. You know, again, thank you to your son for his, his service and, and to you for your, your service as a first responder. That's, that's great. Have you, um, have you had, when you say uh, uh, PTSD of America, is there, how far does that trickle down? Does it trickle down to the local level? Like, are you involved with first responders here locally or is it stuff still back in, in Kentucky or, you know, in other areas? We're, we're finally finding a, a foothold here in the Florida area. Okay. Um, the PTSD Foundation of America, uh, we are working with the local um manager who runs all of Florida. He happens to be right here um, in the new Tampa, Wesley Chapel area. Uh, so he, we've connected. Uh, there's another foundation called Hook a Hero um, that they do a clay shoot and a golf event. And, and they do the exact same thing. It's all about mental health for officers and first responders that were involved in. So yeah, it, it, it is local. It, it, awesome. It's definitely local. So people listening to this, you know, the, the reason we do this is to create some relatability, right? Like everybody has these, these jobs that they do, whether you're a lawyer a doctor or mortgage broker. Um, and you know, people see you and they either think, well, you know, that's complicated. That's all this math. And that's all this, um, compliance and all this, these numbers that I need to know and rules and regulations. And sometimes they don't think of the people that are doing those, those particular roles as, Hey, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy in the community. I'm just someone that's here, right. your neighbor, your friend. I live in Wesley Chapel, that type of deal. So that's kind of the whole crux of what we do. But people that are listening to this, is there one thing you want them to take away from the podcast that they say, you know, this is why we have to remember Ray. This is why when the time comes, you know, we need to do a refi, a HELOC or, you know, whatever other mortgage type product, we would contact you. Yeah, absolutely. And for, for me and for Emily and I, this was important to us that, we are local. We put the name family in our company for a reason because we are we are family based, and we're here to help families. Uh, I put my cell. I don't have an office number. My cell phone is on my business cards. It's on my website. It's on all my social media because I'm always accessible. Uh, other than from ten to two on Sunday mornings when we're at church, uh, I am always accessible, and that's that's what I hope people will remember is that when you need someone who's not a nine to five. Monday through Friday, holidays off, person who's going to walk you through the whole step. It's not just as transaction. It's about relationships for us. Yeah. A lot of what we do, you know, all of it is relationship based. I mean, you have the greatest product in the world, but if you're a jerk presenting it, kind of leaves a bad taste in people's Absolutely. mouth and they don't want to do that. And that's, you know, that's kind of what we want to do here is kind of bring that down so people 
get to know the people that they want to do business with. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. And that's that's just the bottom line. So you mentioned your phone number, you mentioned your uh, social, you mentioned your email and contact information. We'll put all of this in the podcast when we when we produce it, but let the people listening know. Tell them what's the best way to get a hold of you. Yeah, so the best way to reach me is my cell number, 502-727-6741. It's a Kentucky area code. I didn't switch it when I moved down here, but Listen, I, I promise. The number. I, I, it is what it is. It, exactly. I know, but I am we're right here in Wesley Chapel. Um my website is familyfootprintsmortgage.com. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook as Family Footprints Mortgage Group. And you can send direct messages through any of those sites as well. Awesome. Ray, thank you so much for being on. Guys, if you're listening and you're looking to, you're not sure what you want to do with your mortgage or you're, you're thinking about, um, you know, maybe refinancing or making that move. Uh, realtors, if you're looking for another resource to be able to uh, bring somebody into the mix as far as mortgages go, Ray is your guy. Ray, thank you so much for being on with us. We appreciate your time. Absolutely, Mike. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You do the same. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passcode. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's GNP. Pasco.com or call 813-922-3610.